Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Tables with your host, Rob Bradley, John Charles Ceccarelli, and Damian Hallwood. Hey nerds, how's it going? What up? Hey. <laughs> so, uh, hey. Wow, episode twenty. My Look God, we made it. Yeah, Two zero. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, apparently, if you get to twenty episodes of the podcast, it means you, if you've got listeners and, they, and it carries on, then you're doing all right. All right, all right. I think we're, av- we're averaging around about f- between forty and fifty. Nice. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty nice. Good. Yeah, Hello, fun. listeners. Yeah, Hi. Yeah. Welcome. Thank Hi. you for all your continued support. Please tell your yeah. friends. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 We, we were just saying actually before we before we hit record, we keep doing this thing. Every time we come on, we end up having a conversation <laughs> before we press play. Sorry, before we press record, and it's like really good. And then we're like, yep. oh no, quick it's all stop. useful stop. content. And then we start recording, which is quite funny. But uh, oh, no. how, how are you guys both doing? You well? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. saying before, it's a it's a good time to be a nerd. It, it is. really is. These oh, are yeah. the glory days. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nerding out at the moment, aren't we? Which yeah. Yeah. How's everything in America, JC? All good? Yeah, everything's good here. Cold. Um, getting colder, Cold, but yeah, yeah. honestly, doing pretty good. What's Missing what's... the UK already. Oh yeah, right. How, what sort of yeah. temperatures do you drop down to in New York? Um, not too bad where I am actually right now. And honestly, in the recent years and like the past decade with global warming and everything, and you, you, it is a veritable difference. Like, it at this time, maybe fifteen years ago, it would have been snowing. Um, and now we really, if we're lucky, if we get a decent snowfall out in the really? city slash Long Island in December, and we normally see that more in January and February. So that's the um, same for me. I, I yeah. keep saying that the seasons are like moving forward a month or so at a time. Exactly yeah. the same. When I was a kid, um, it was snow at this time of year, and we had some pretty heavy ones. Um, mm. And now, again, we, like you, we don't see heavy snowfall here we had a little bit mm-hmm. recently actually to, to contradict that but generally it's more february march time that we end up seeing proper right, snow. wow even yeah. up to march yeah i honestly uh, i've said it was kind of cold but that's just really today and yesterday but the day before that we had a massive rainstorm out where i live and in the city and i, I think it went on for like well over a day and a half and it was there was flooding i had to drive back home at four o'clock in the morning through these huge puddles and stuff mm. but it was like 55 oh, i'm sorry I know that's Fahrenheit. Most of our listeners are UK. Um, You can do the conversion at home. Um, But it was, it was very warm. I I think the equivalent is probably like, I want to say like uh, 22. It might, that might be too much. I'm I'm not sure. Was it 50, 55? Like 55. That's basically like late spring weather. Wow. Anyway, what, what is our person at the, at the, and the, com- the keyboard say oh, and the computer say because um, i can't spell celsius i've spelled it's got, it's got the same 55 fahrenheit to venus for some reason <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a sci-fi pulp novel yeah. i mean it does right so, so it was 50 it was 55 was 55 it? fahrenheit yeah there's that uh, 13 degrees celsius so oh, thir- yeah i got i, I way overestimated but that's still really pleasant but that's mild. still yeah yeah, yeah. that's, that's like, like nice that's weather like english summer it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like oh yeah give me shorts on head down to yeah. the beach 13 degrees <laughs> Get that and I was like, oh, come on we're in december already where and everything everyone's put up the christmas stuff already i'm like where where's the snow i miss it and I'm then still, again 
you know when it comes i hate it and i'm like oh now i have to shovel screw this so yeah, 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 i'm still stuck on 55 fahrenheit to venus no, uh, so i want to read that book that, that no does idea. sound like a good no sci-fi idea. novel no sounds idea. very dystopian you know it sounds i kind of like i get expanse vibes from it i don't know about a very, you a very a very a very placid very mild venus yeah <laughs> it's, it's a it's a really good week to like dystopian let me let me say that much it's a really good week okay. to like dystopian why is that is that a teaser for the news section? it is a teaser for okay. the news also uh, for you fallout fans we got a trailer for the fallout tv series oh yeah oh, so which that. looks which that. looks that's great yeah, that's uh, yeah. that comment but it looks it looks like they're getting the vibe mm. right nice. mm. so. i missed i missed the wave with fallout i i was a huge elder scrolls fan starting obviously yeah. we've talked about that plenty um but i kind of missed uh when four came out because i was in college at the time and i just hadn't had mm. the time or sorry three fallout three and mm. um and then fallout new vegas came out and everybody was was gung-ho about it and everything else and then by the time four came out i got it it just didn't rope me in because i think it was yeah. relying a little bit on nostalgia for fallout 3 and fallout new vegas that i just mm. i didn't have so i kind of just missed the wave and then 76 happened and i was like woof i'm glad i didn't buy that Ooh. The, the tabletop conversion that it's the modifius 2d20 system that they've uh, that they have for fallout mm. and it's it is like it's a perfect system like they must oh, have nice. known uh, because it is it it translates almost one for one in terms of like what you would expect the game to be like if it converted from a video game to a that's uh, cool to an rpg um your stats are uh spell out the word special um nice in the nice. game and they do exactly the same thing in the rpg it's it's a perfect recreation i've run it uh once or twice already and it's it's that's especially really cool. if you get that kind of uh pulpy half comedy half really dark science fiction mm -hmm, flavor yeah. that mm. fallout sits right in uh it's it's a lot of fun nice i, I suppose it's atomic punk isn't it Fallout. yeah yeah very yeah. much so yeah, yeah. 19, atomic punk. how like the 1950s envisioned their future mm -hmm. yes. the coca-cola caps like, being oh, sort like, of like the the currency yeah. that kind of thing it's yeah yeah, yeah it's nuclear powered cool, cars and robots that's right. and, yeah. yeah that's right have you guys yeah, seen atom city yet is it atom city the what is that i haven't i haven't film, seen that film by um what's his chops the oh god oh, i know who you mean yeah the the really is a really visual director he did um oh. I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of any films he's done the life aquatic he did that oh okay yeah he did the life aquatic which is really good uh the royal tenenbaums he did that as well oh, uh, i don't suppose you're talking about jerry hopper no nope nope no we're all telling bombs. Oh, sorry, listeners. You're probably all like shouting the name at me right now. <laughs> well, you can always edit this out. You know that, right? <laughs> I know you never will. But... <laughs> Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Oh, there you go. Oh, 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 I see. I see. Wes it, Anderson. It's, it's not Atom City, is it? It's Atomic City. Uh, uh, I can't. I know. Oh, the, I know what you're talking course, about. Of course, I saw the trailers for this. It, yeah, where it basically is filmed on one of those like nuclear test sites or those like fake towns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I had seen the trailer really briefly. Really visual. Great. Year. Great color in it. Nice. And that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's just, right. he's just really, really good director. But yeah. Uh, of course. Of course. Yeah, his very like comedic framing and his mm. like yeah yeah yeah. Of yeah. Course. That kind of thing. I saw Budapest, the Grand Budapest Hotel. That's right. The Grand like Budapest that. Hotel. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Really, really great film. Yeah. I love. I love Ra Ralph Fiennes in it. Is fantastic. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's incredible, man. Mm. Uh, in the concierge. Yeah. yeah, really, really good. That's a great character for D and D, actually, isn't it? That kind of character. Him, him, and the relationship between he has with the bellboy. 
we could do that for the next world art fest yeah definitely <laughs> a grand yeah. budapest hotel style wow. mis- murder mystery crawl <laughs> that would be really really cool yeah really <laughs> colorful outfits and yeah, right. expressive yeah, right. facial hair and and hairdos and glasses and yeah. all, very very over the top kind of almost mm. cartoony look mm-hmm. i've been trying i've been trying my hardest to get because there's a couple of caves um, in the south of England, and, and there's a few in the north as well. But I'm not, I'm not too familiar with the north ones. I think Mother Shipton's cave is in Yorkshire, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm not too sure if you can hire it out. Because it'd be good if you could hire it out and then have how sick would that be in a cave? D and D in a cave. Yeah, take that D and D in a castle. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it would, it would be amazing. Claustrophobics need not apply. It would be amazing. Or the catcombs in Edinburgh, or maybe. Yes. Or, yeah, yes. that'd be pretty cool. Or, have, you, have you seen them? Have you seen them? I did, I did the ones in yeah. Paris, man. Oh, I mean, you, you want to oh, talk yeah. about claustrophobia? Oh, that 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 thing should come with more warnings than it does, because if you if you do the traditional catacombs Parisian tour, mm. you have to go down a single spiral staircase that goes like a hundred feet underground, what? and and that alone, that's the first thing you do, and that alone, oh, it's kind of terrifying. And then all the tunnels are, I don't think, much taller than about six feet. So for the for the majority of it, I'm kind of ducking. Um, and just to make sure I'm not scraping my head on a stone ceiling, it's lovely. It's, it's really cool. And the history is fascinating. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really claustrophobic down there. Um, but can I, can I give you guys a real, uh, claustrophobia mini story? One that, okay. So, um, I did a, uh, an escape room party years ago at this one. It was probably like eight or nine years ago. And, uh, it was very, very well done. You know, escape rooms, how you have to kind of work together to figure out the clues. This one was kind of asylum-themed, horror-themed. They had great visual effects. This was over in, in the city or, or in Long Island City. And it was, um, they had a team uh, separate into two different teams. And we were locked in jail cells. And we had to kind of work together to um, build something and find out the clues that finally enabled us to grab the keys, let us escape, move on to the next area. And they had actors working as well. They had a person kind of like locked behind a, a door screaming for help to get out. And then you hear them scream and the window that shows you inside is blocked by fog. And then when it clears and the door opens, they have this roasted skeleton looking thing as oh, if they turned nice. on the incinerator in the room. Right. Nice. Um, nice. And it was really badass. And everyone had found their strong suit for uh, the escape, the escape room sort of uh, mm. challenge. Right. We had one person who was really good at math and they ended up, you know, saving our bacon at one point and one person who was really good at spotting things and one person who was really good at wordplay. And I was sitting there being like, I don't know what I'm good at. I feel so, I feel so not prepared for this. Everybody's shining. And then we got to the last room where your objective was the, basically the asylum director was on the loose. He was crazy. And your only salvation was a gun, a Nerf gun, of course, or, or I think a, you know, a fake cap gun at the end of a small crawl space. And it was, I'm talking maybe a a foot and a half tall by about three feet wide. It was minuscule, especially in aliens. mm -hmm, uh, (laughs) mm -hmm. And I'm probably the biggest person in our party trying to get through this escape room. And I'm like, I just had a nightmare about this. I just had a nightmare where I was trapped under rubble, crawling, trying to escape a cave and trying to get out. But we have to do it, and we have to do it within the time limit. I guess I'm the one. And I got down, and I was like, oh, this is horrible. 
horrible. And I reached for the gun, pulled it out in time and shot the asylum director before he killed us. And it was, it was really cool, but I think I still have nightmares about going through that crawl space right after having seen a burnt corpse on a table. So, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Christ. So there's Is a it... D and D campaign right there, I guess. Do you, do, you, do you feel it was really immersive? Did it, did it feel, that did it feel that like particular it... one. Yeah. And I've done escape room since. And I think really that one stands out because I haven't had anything cooler than that experience ever it yeah. was the actors and the, the special effects really really helped rather than them just throwing you into a room with you know codes behind little panels on the walls and stuff yeah sure so, yeah step up your game escape rooms now, now you know i've never i've never done one i know um alex mod in our in our roll dark group he's a big fan of them he he like is a true committed escape room uh, kind of connoisseur in a way <laughs> so feel free to pick his brain about what's I bet going the people, on. I bet the people that run the escape rooms love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh like, God, not this you know, guy again. Compared to the last 14 escape rooms I've been in, <laughs> yeah. give it a seven. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, all right, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've done a couple. Um, no, nothing It sounds as, as overly uh, sort of high budget as that in comparison yeah, yeah, to what produced. I did. Uh, the one thing I did do that was similar that was was a bit higher on the sort of fear scale and pain scale subsequently was mm. um for my um for my stag do we went to we did an escape room as part of that but then on top of that to extend the it was a zombie themed one and to ex, to extend that beyond the zombie theme in the escape room we went to a kind of abandoned warehouse where we did a live uh, zombie uh, airsoft experience Ooh. Oh yeah, we, cool. We had airsoft guns, and there were actors playing the undead, running around. Love and, that. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it was really cool, and it was Brilliant. it was uh, in in an old abandoned factory, so it was really really like dingy and dark and sick. Yeah. No, nice. no no special effects needed. Um, and mm. when I tell you that the the people who were playing the uh, the Walking Dead were mm. throwing themselves at it, my goodness, they were they? they would throw oh, themselves like at that. you. They would tackle you to the ground. Uh, oh, yeah, they, they would, yeah. and they were the they were the generally the fast type too. The, the sort of oh dreaded, no, they're not the George Romero zombies. It's they're the later zombies. Oh, I hate those yeah. guys. They're the worst. <laughs> at, least, at, least cool. in, at least in the Walking Dead, you can like you know, oh, there's a zombie. Quick, uh, maybe you should just go over here. Maybe we should <laughs> like, walk backwards like, semi fast. No, just climb up, <laughs> climb up this tree and take my time. And oh, maybe I have my sandwiches halfway up. And, right. oh, <laughs> we return to our hotel room looking covered in oil and fake blood and <laughs> oh great soaking that wet is cool and it was we were wrecked after yeah. that but it was, that sounds it was, like a lot of fun it was very cool yeah I, all right I, I have to share this one then um similar sort of thing and i promise i won't make it too long but basically a friend of mine did a show like a theater experience um but he rented out this old fishing boat as a performance space um okay. in one of the piers on the west side of manhattan and it was this rickety, very uh, almost like rusted out old fishing boat from God knows when, probably like the 60s. And um, the the show became a sort of zombie survival show. As it started, it was more of a drama between like a family that was trying to, I don't really remember the storyline too much. So apologies to the director and the writers and creators <laughs> if you're hearing this. Um, but this was years ago also. But the really novel thing was 
when you walked in, because so many actors were just showing up to support their actor friends, if you wanted to sort of play along, and you weren't told this beforehand, but if you wanted to play along, they'd give you a special colored bracelet that could identify you to the other actual actors oh, of the show. That's and cool. so, for instance, like I walked in and they were like, hi, welcome. Here's your ticket. Thanks. Um, would you be interested in playing with us today? I'm like, uh, what, what does that mean? Like, well, it would be a little bit of participation in the show. And I was like, oh, sure. Okay. Um, and they gave me a yellow bracelet. And as I'm walking through like the exhibit, you know, kind of looking through the family story, I'm like, oh, wow, this is really cool stuff. And then a person comes up to me and they're like, are you enjoying it? And I was like, yeah, I'm having a great time. This is really, really cool. Can't wait for the show to start proper. And then, you know, a couple of tourists walk away and then we were alone. And this person came up to me and was like, Henry, you really should stop pretending like our love isn't real. <laughs> and I was like, and she like put her hands on my chest. I'm like, uh, uh, you're right. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Just like taking it back. Oh, and great. so as a result, you kind of had to like improv and get along with the experience. Oh, and that awesome. was all one part of it. And then the second part devolved slowly into, you know, the zombie outbreak. And now, it was a fully immersive kind of fight for your life, survive, get out of the ship and find your way back up to safety sort of experience while the horde is shambling around. And I remember very clearly um, watching that, you know, my my lover, my paramour getting swallowed up by the horde. She was like, no, just go. And I was like, no, I can't leave you. And at this point, I was emotionally invested. <laughs> and I was like, no, don't. And she was like, go, Henry. Ah! And she was being swallowed up. And, and then I hid in a bathroom away from the horde. And I was like listening to them shamble by. And I was hiding in the stall going like, because <sighs> I had just run to, to hide in there. And then I hear next to me, JC, is that you? And I was like, Kevin, because I had gone with my friend and we were both in the bathroom hiding. <laughs> it was really cool stuff. That's brilliant. Yeah. I am. Um... I really like that idea about the bracelets. That's really that's a really mm -hmm. clever idea. We could probably wanna, do that. Oh, you're first. thinking about it, Rob. Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely, yeah. definitely. Pretty I mean, cool. at, at, at the moment, it's like where we kind of are with it is we've like the most we've done is what we just did, which is which was seventy people, yeah, in total. So, I mean, it depends really. Number. Yeah, it's a good number. I think if we could somehow be like, okay, do you want to be involved in the in like the cut scenes? If you do, mm. here's a blue wristband put that on and one of the one of the actors will have you improvise a situation with them yeah. to get you involved. it's a really really good idea yeah but then yeah. then of course it depends on whether or not the people that come to Royal Fest actually want to be involved in the theater side of that's them. also true right yeah. I mean I think we Let should if, if we're if we're yeah yeah that would be good um but if we're kind of exploring that idea um mm. I think it would be we'd, we'd have to find a way to say like it can continue without them you know we can have yeah, we don't sure. have to rely on them necessarily sure, and sure. they just add bonus stuff to yeah, it right exactly exactly yeah in case yeah. but also you know it's a great way we could do some work beforehand too and like weave them into the story a little bit so they know what npc they're playing or something it doesn't yeah. have to be all improv you know yeah maybe exactly exactly maybe as simple as just handing as well as the bracelet handing a little expectations card that's yeah, a good idea. A little exactly. card yeah. that says, you know, exactly what you said about, you know, it will yeah. it can continue without you. This is what to expect. Right. Just yeah. so that they're right. not completely bamboozled when Yeah. Could be yep. a could be a cool idea. My, but we um, already have a lot going on with the black what what is it, Rob? The black tower of of death or <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <What is it? laughs> uh 
I've forgotten. <laughs> the, 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 the tower, the tower of the tower of, of the tower of uh, something something destinies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tower of, the tower of devastating destiny. That's, that's it. it. There it is. There, there, it is. You, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, check, thanks for catching me off guard there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think with because my my partner Charlotte, she used to do uh, murder mystery uh, weekends oh, as an as that. an actor. She used yeah, to act. And one, what they used to do is they would have you'd have like say like a group of say I don't know say twelve people come for for dinner. And you'd be like, okay, you're going to play this character. These are your mm. lines. And it would literally just be like a segment of line that they have to say, and that's it. But yeah. there would be, but one of them would have murdered the other or something, and they would have had to try and figure that out. Yeah. So, yeah. so I suppose in a way, if they just get given, like you say, just a card that says, okay, at this point, you say this line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or a variation of it or whatever you want to do based on this line. And hope to God we don't give it to somebody who's completely crazy that just like goes, ha ha, just does something completely unexpected. Yeah, yeah I'd rather happen. the shyer person that forgot their line yeah. than the person that's like way too into it and kind of yeah. takes over. Yeah. It derails the whole story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to kill everyone. He's give it to like a murder hobo player. You're like, right. oh, right. No, oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. Stop. Oh, cut. 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 God. <laughs> Speaking of murder hoboing, that I, I had yeah. to deal with my fair share of that last week. Oh God, really? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, more more shenanigans from people who are like, oh, consequences in the world? What are those? We don't need those. And oh, then, for goodness sakes. Yeah, cut to ten sessions later where they're still dealing with the fallout and the and the flash or the lashback from all yeah. of that. I I, I just I, I make it I make it so boring for them when they do it. <laughs> This is my this is my tactic. I do it every time. I make it. Yeah. I put the, I put them all in jail, and then and then and then they have a lawyer that comes to see them, and the lawyer's like, "Okay, you're gonna have you're gonna have a trial." And they have, they go to trial, and it's really boring. That and I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, right. So this is what's happening. We're now doing a courtroom drama. So the, <laughs> the story's over here because uh-huh. of you guys uh-huh. murdering somebody. We're now in this situation. Yep. Yep. All right? that sounds about right. What would you like to do? Would you want to carry on with the courtroom drama, <laughs> or would you rather have the adventure? But like let's oh, let's have gosh. the adventure. It's like, okay, let's rewind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rewind. I, I played with consequences at my in my home game uh, just the other weekend. What happened? Ah, oh, I so they've been doing um, continuation of tomb of, tomb of annihilation. I've said it a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, they they both hated and loved the tomb of annihilation, and so I have given them a new my own creation, uh, mm. a, a new tomb for them to work their way through. And the final challenge that they faced was a room with a circular table with enough chairs for each of them and a green flame floating in the middle of it. And the walls around it depicted their exploits, ending in a group of individuals sat at a round table with their heads wreathed in fire, uh, green flame with skulls screaming into the sky. And they've been collecting keys from each of these challenges. So they knew they had to do it. They sat down at the table decided who would be at the head of the table, which really only mechanically ended up deciding who went first. Uh And a skull within the flame asked them to say who they trusted least out of the group. (laughs) They also found out that they were in a zone of truth. So they had to answer truthfully. (laughs) And when they did, the person who they trusted least then had to face their fear depicted within the flame, their greatest fear, um, which again, they couldn't lie about, and then make charisma saving throws to avoid succumbing to the fear. Mm. That sounds the sick. trick. The trick was that 
because they had to tell the truth, mm. it meant that oftentimes somebody had to go more than once, and the DC for the save got higher each time. <laughs> you when evil bastard. When they <laughs> failed, <laughs> when they failed, their head exploded into green flame, and they effectively became a, a, a weaker version of a flame skull with oh their kind of laser beam ability that eyes. they have. Yeah. Um, which would then damage people across the table from them. Um, and this went round and around until each of them uh, had kind of... I, I think all of them failed by the end, including an NPC that they had with them. And the only the only one at the table that they didn't include was a uh, an, an Earth Elemental Myrmidon that one of them had summoned to help them, uh, which ended up taking the brunt of all seven other people around the table's <laughs> eye beams and just got devastated, which which they were both nice. devastated by but thankful for because it could have been one of them. Yeah. Um, and at the end of it, after they all kind of came back to back to life with a bit of damage and, and some serious trust issues. And at the <sighs> end of it, the skull said to them, if you have not strengthened after a party, uh, so if your party has not strengthened their resolve after this experience, you don't deserve to have the power that you carry. Oh man! Wow, that's sick. Nice, <laughs> very and they, cool. They were they were like sweaty palms, wrecked by it. They were absolutely wrecked by it, but they loved it. They really loved so it. Cool. Yes, brilliant. So what cool. A great idea. I'm stealing yeah. that. I am. Um, <laughs> my God. All right. Well, tales from the table that. segments. I guess. Um, I that reminds me of something I did in my home game uh, this past week. Not the murder hobo one. Um, my party was aboard a casino ship, right, and they're basically looking for a, a kind of suspicious individual that they're trying to get a letter from because they think the letter has some incriminating evidence on it. Um, but they're told that he only plays the most high stakes table at the casino. So the kind of brash uh, party member and the one that's in disguise with them kind of go to that table and we have a very casino royale-esque sort of tension gamble at the table but the game that i made up was purely based on the map that i was using for the casino it was it showed this um sort of roulette table but with six dragon heads and i said let's let's get lethal let's get scary with this mm. so it's called you know the, the ship advertises it as golden hydra this high stakes um high buy-in sort of game where winner takes all mm. but it's actually more infamously known throughout the realms as a red dragon roulette which is highly illegal and here is why because oh, wow. as you as you spin or as the dealer sort of spins he feeds a, a magical token to one of the heads and you put it nearby and it's all in the center of the table all the gold is around the the six heads and the wheel spins and spins and you have to kind of keep track and i have the players roll perception checks and the npcs that are the other players at the table roll perception checks to see if they can keep track of which head and you know it there's a certain dc that they have to beat and as the game goes on and gets higher but when it comes to a stop everyone then goes around kind of like texas hold'em poker you either bet call or fold or raise etc and then when it finally gets to the end the dealer pulls another lever and the head one of the heads the one that has the magical token animates and breathes a disintegrate ray into the space of the player <laughs> or one of the one of the players whoever bet that it was that head 
wins the money if there's multiple bets for the same head you know they split the pot if nobody betted the right head the house takes the pot and we move into the next round but it's a process of literal elimination and the first time that you know my overconfident players are sitting at this table watching this game and see the head animate and breathe a disintegration ray into one of the other players at the table they went oh shit (laughs) because they're all like level three at this point or something they cannot they cannot take it you know of course i had some backup story ideas for 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 what but i wanted to maintain the the drama and the tension at the table and I had one player just roll really well on their perception checks and he ended up folding and leaving the table before he got dissolved. So, and walked away with a few winnings. So it was, it was really, really fun. It was super high stakes and the tension was just a little palpable, you know, <laughs> brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So, um, okay, great. So Damien news. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So I mentioned it was a good week for dystopian <laughs> stories. It is. Mm. Um, mm. It's it's also a pretty good week for announcements and games that aren't D and D. We had our big D and D week last week. Uh, this week it is other publishers. Um, quick shout out because I'd be a remiss not to do it. This isn't a video game podcast, but <laughs> Baldur's Gate uh, Baldur's Gate Three won <laughs> Game of the Year this year, um, which might sound yeah okay great. It's a great game. I totally understand that. I can't stress enough how much of a coup that is. To make yeah. them a darling of this year because they were up against the likes of uh the Zelda. sequel to breath of the wild yeah zelda yep. mm-hmm. mario alan wake 2 mario alan wake 2 and spider-man they were up against some titanic names and and, and really good games if you really played, good games i've too. played spider-man i've played uh zelda obviously i haven't played alan wake 2 but oh my god what stiff competition but yeah, EG3, like, it's turned I, I them it's into the good. darling of, of 2023 in a year yeah. that many many video game industry uh, professionals are calling probably the best game in video game uh, the best year in video game history mm. so yeah. just wanted to shout out well mm. done Baldur's Gate uh, for putting Larian they were already on the map but now those guys are blank checkbook territory I think now yeah. oh yeah um, oh yeah 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 they're, they're all over it aren't they yeah they're, they're gonna they've become what you would call an STS and, and it wasn't even sorry and it wasn't even game of the year or it wasn't only just game of the year it was like nope. five other awards right yeah they, they won they won i think they won the most over the, the course yeah. of the evening including best yeah. uh, best performance as well yeah. um which the the actor who was up for best performance was alongside idris elba in oh my oh for cyberpunk, for cyberpunk. phantom liberty so oh this is this God. is the caliber of wins that Baldur's gate was was pulling wow. out at the, at the dude game imagine you're just a guy who like went to uh their yeah. studio in in where is it that's not poland i forget where larian is based um but imagine you just go there as a voice actor you do a little bit of performance capture uh-huh. and then cut to a couple of years later and you're sitting next to eat yourself at the game awards yeah. that isn't that isn't <laughs> in any way meant it? to meant to diminish their uh, their position as an actor, but obviously mm-hmm. Idris Elba is a big sort of Hollywood name. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well yeah. done to everyone yeah, at Larian Studios and so performers, cool. and yeah, game of the year, uh, well deserved brilliant. because they put well, so well much deserved. hard work and they keep working at it. Like we're at what patch yeah, right. seven right now, and mm. they keep adding and fixing and and fine tuning, and yeah. it's, we've gotten better endings for characters, better beginnings for characters. There's a way I can save Minthara now. Spoilers. <laughs> I can't wait for my second playthrough. The thing, the thing I love about it is that there's no, there's no like purchasing like, oh, you have to purchase this in order to be like that, or mm. there's like no downloadable mm. content, no purchasing, none of that shit. It's Thank just like, God. here's your game, here's your game, enjoy it. And it's yeah. like, 
Yeah, great. Okay, I will. And look, there's nothing wrong with DLC, with paid DLC, sure. if it's if it's worth it. I, I know oh, yeah, exactly. I happily shelled out for the Witcher 3 expansions when they came out, Hearts mm. of Stone and Blood and Wine. Because yeah. Blood and, first of all, Hearts of Stone was excellent and led to one of the coolest villains in fantasy history. If you haven't heard of Gontaro Dim, look him up. He's he's basically like a trickster devil that follows you throughout that adventure and and uh, always has this charming demeanor of a of a, mer- a mirror merchant mm. and he's he's now in my games i don't even make any qualms about it like this is gone to Dem. everybody recognizes him from the witcher games and uh right. blood and wine is could have been its own marketable game and they sold it for you know 20 quid or whatever it was um right no no qualms when you've really put the hard work well after a game has come out to do it but the whole thing like even though I love this game, like what Mass Effect 3 did, where they had day one DLC to download a character that's already in the files yeah. of the game, just yeah. locked behind a paywall. Come on. It's not you know. fair. Yeah. yeah. yeah, It's not fair. It's it's, it's like what we were saying before. Were you saying it on the podcast or were you saying before the podcast about that? Um, who are we talking about? About that company? Mm. Oh, got... oh, Blizzard? We're talking, we were talking about Diablo 4? Oh, no, no, no. God, God, of, God of War. God of War. Oh, oh yeah, Santa Monica yeah. Studio. Yeah, yeah. How they oh, give yeah. the free, the free. I mean, Damien, free sorry thing. to take over your news segment. But <laughs> no, sorry, cool. sorry. Yeah, no, we sorry. were we were talking about how how awesome it is that at the Game Awards, yeah, they announced uh, the Valhalla DLC for God of War Ragnarok, and mm. for free and available the yeah. next week, like a few yeah, days yeah. later. That's yeah. mind blowing, considering how well that game did. It's fantastic. It's like we were yeah. saying, wasn't it? It's like a really genius move on their part. When you've and got it's literally... so, it's such unique content. It's yeah. it's not even just added story. It's a whole different way of approaching the game because it's kind of like a roguelite element and expansion to the base game, which is yeah, pretty nuts. The the yeah. replayability alone, you know. Yeah, it's fantastic. <sighs> all right, all right. So I'm good. I'm, I'm calm. So good. <clears throat> What's up? Sorry, Damien, back, no, back to you. That's cool, that's cool. High recommend for God of War as well, especially if you want to run yeah. a, a D&D adventure that is based on Norse mythology. Uh-huh. Um, the God of War, the two newer God of War games, God of War and God of War Ragnarok, both showcase a great way to take that mythology in a loving way, but also make your own spin on it. A hundred percent. And make it your own version. So really high recommend, or even just watch the cutscenes online if you don't have the time to sink into yeah. the game. If you if you want that inspiration, go check it out. Yeah, but it's also um, one of those like satisfying games to play. Oh, you yeah. know, like I could just sit and play it again. I remember I, I I lost access to my PlayStation for a long time this year, and I only just recently got it back. And I had missed out on um, the new game plus, but I had already started another game without new game plus just to re-experience the story all over yeah. again and get yeah. to play it again it's so fun to play oh, yeah. fab. i'm gonna have to check it out i've never played it it's on it's, pc isn't it yeah uh, i think it is yeah i'm I sure I'm just, i think it's on the no, i don't think i think it is maybe not. the first one is ragnarok i'm pretty sure isn't yet yeah okay. maybe it was a, it's a sony exclusive so i don't yeah. know that it's come to mm. pc but they are slowly no. bringing their exclusives to pc yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. Because they got the hip on their because they own Spider Man, don't they? The first yeah. Spider Man is on PC. Ratchet and Clank is on PC. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got that. God of War course. is on Steam. The the uh, okay, cool. the the last version of it, or the yeah, the first new version of it. Okay, sweet. Will. Great. I have to get yeah. that. I have to give it a go. All right, moving swiftly on then. Indeed. Um. So I mentioned dystopias. Uh. It is a uh, a pretty good week for uh, the studio Free League. 
Uh, I don't know if you if you guys know Free League. Yep, I know Free uh, League. Yep. Free League. Free League are responsible for the Alien role playing game, which mm-hmm. I really nice. love. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, and the, the the dice system uh, of that, uh, so they've had two uh, two game announcements, kind of one uh, kind of brand new one and one uh, actual sort of release date announcement. The release date announcement is for a a little known dystopian franchise called The Walking Dead, <laughs> <laughs> based on cool. the graphic novel series. Um, Very cool. Uh, mm. So The Walking Dead official role playing game by Free League uh, is coming out, I think, in January. Hmm. Uh, it uses the their year zero engine, uh, which is kind of their core dice rolling mechanic. It's a D6 dice pool system. Um, and so far, it looks like a core book, uh, a starter set, and a uh, a GM screen, as well as cool. some custom dice. Um, so if you're interested in the world of The Walking Dead, hmm. definitely check that one out. The, the year great. zero engine, I can see working really well in that, because I've used it in the alien system. And you hmm. basically build a dice pool of D6s, looking for sixes as a success. Um, and it's based on like a, a stat and a skill, add up that mm. number and, and that's how many dice you're rolling. But it has a stress mechanic. Oh, and cool. your stress level increases. And for each level of oh, stress that you cool. get, you get an additional dice, Yeah, but but it's a different colored dice. And okay. So what it basically says is the more stressed you get, the more focused you become. So you're more likely to be able to kind of succeed in these challenges. <laughs> Performance however, under pressure. That's like real life. Oh yeah, my God. however... God, I had a the, boss that used to say it to me. He'd be like, "Well, I was like, I'd be like, why, why are you always on my back?" And she'd be like, "She's like, because you, because Rob, when you're under pressure, you really perform." And yeah. I'm like, "I'm like, I'm the same way. fuck you, fuck you. I don't, know, I don't want to perform under pressure. I, <laughs> I hate it." It's well, the game, the game mirrors that. And oh, wow, okay. However, cool. failure using those stress dice has dire consequences, um, and oh, it can wow. fall apart really, really quickly to the point that your character can just fall into a state of catatonia and just stop. Wow. Um, I actually had um, I ran Alien once, and the first Xenomorph they encountered, uh, one of my players very, very valiantly with naught but a, uh, a, a basically a blowtorch. Hmm. Uh, ran over to the xenomorph, tried to blowtorch the xenomorph, completely forgetting they have acid blood. Um, <laughs> took, took damage from the acid blood, rolled on the injury table, and rolled the instant death number. Oh wow! So it was it, yeah, it's that one and done, intense. one and done, Ooh, gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, it yeah. Ha- well, it I mean, has... that's that's a way to confirm lethality of this setting. You know, that's like it. That alien can kill people very quickly and that's very it. easily. The interesting thing, the tagline looks like they're going to play very much into how the show is, because the tagline is "Fight the dead, fear the living." Oh, cool! Um, so it looks like they're definitely playing into that. That it's actually the the other survivors that are the real problem, yeah. Um, and the the undead are just this kind of horrible natural disaster that frames right. everything. Oh, right, right. right. Um, yeah, this yeah, basically like the TV show, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, very exciting. Um, I've only ever played one other zombie apocalypse game and it's it's mm. from what i understand a relatively little known one called outbreak undead okay uh, i have the mm. books for it it's got a it, it's much more designed as a simulation though it's very much designed as a it, it, you monitor, monitor everything cool. um uh what you eat sleeping mm-hmm. damage oh, wow. everything um, very survival very survival based when you go to the loot 
okay. if you want it's got it's got three levels of play <laughs> uh weekend warrior um there's another one and then survival mode which is the you track your bmi and everything it's <laughs> it's, it's full on BMI. it is full on oh my survival God. simulation wow um, but it's got a great dice system check it out if you if you get the chance it's, I tell it, you if what... you're into some crunch mm. okay cool i'll tell you what i would like to see do you know what i would like to see what? right I would like to see. I would like to see. I would like to see a tabletop RPG that Gundam. has that has this guy as the main as the main bad guy. One second. Oh, oh, we're in suspense mode. Dear <laughs> listeners, thank you for this uh, little break where we're uh, going to announce our sponsors ourselves. Oh, <laughs> so what, nice. what we're seeing right now is the 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 portrait of Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. I've yes. got him hanging in my office. He literally that looks is, at me. Like, I turn around like, wow. terrifying. <laughs> I, know. I could what, go for what? a long time on how why? much I want a Ghostbusters why? RPG. Why isn't there one? Why isn't there one? It could be, fuck, it could be fucking know. incredible. Well, because the IP is still the monsters. Owned, right? uh, the monst- well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they did one in the 80s, didn't they? With West they End did. games. Yeah, there is was. there is technically one from a, a long while ago. It's not but very it's good, just, though. It's not very good. Yeah. It's very, it's yeah. very, 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 like, you know, a bit, a bit like, you know, like, like it's been written in a rush type of thing. No, it doesn't no. have the refinement of, of modern no. RPGs. Right. It's no. time for an upgrade. Cause I'm, cause I'm surprised because the walking dead is a really, is a really like, it's one of the cheapest, one of the cheapest IPs you can get as is ghostbusters, mm. which is why you can see ghostbusters, like, um, serials in certain places and all this kind of stuff. Cause it's a really oh, cool. not a very expensive IP right. um, in terms of like everything else that's out there. So I'm I'm amazed that like it's never been taken up because it could be if someone if someone got their hands on it that really loved Ghostbusters, they could really make that game awesome. I I have been dying to rewatch it? these. I haven't seen it? them since I was a kid. I've obviously really? need to re- redo it. I have I have <laughs> penned some ideas myself on how, I mean, a, how a system might work. It'd be, ama- it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. I know, I can already I can already like I'm not I'm not thought about it, but I know that if I did. I could come up with some really great ideas. I mean, it. we have you know the I mean? like, there's like right here, right? We have the yeah. producer with the creator and the play tester. Here first, folks. Hollywood Games Company will yeah, be right. released in <laughs> That's the it. Ghostbusters. Right. Right. The let's, genesis let's, of Ghostbusters let's, RPG. <laughs> what would you so, make it? What kind of dice system would you make it? Dice system, I don't know. It, it, it's more, uh, I've more thought about sort of uh, the stats and the mechanics of, of ghost hunting and things mm. like that. The actual dice system, I'm you yet could do, to... You could definitely do it 5e. Easy. You mm. could, yeah, you could do it. Yeah, you could do a 5e yeah, conversion, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Just run a Ghostbusters camera. You want to. I would love to. I think I think with with like, and also as well, because, you're, because they're all scientists and like Winston, for example, isn't a scientist. He just, mm. he's just there because he wants to get paid. Right. Like for a payday. You could have like different levels, like just like courage or like um, I don't know intellect. I don't know. If, I don't know if you would use wisdom as such, or maybe like well, um, you would. Spe- and they all specializes. Have wisdom, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Because because you've got to keep it to the comedy element of it, don't you? Yeah. I looked at a system of using. Like how- using the parts of the brain that function as basically motor function and, and yeah. creativity mm-hmm. and things as your stats. So having the parts of the brain as, as that the could stats. be cool. And then your ability yeah. score on your actual sheet is like a brain with the different yeah. areas highlighted. That's that could really, be really cool. interesting. Yeah. Like P- Peter Venkman could just be like a fraudster, like just a fraud, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's like, honestly, those films, I, I love them. Like, you know, um, I know I've spoken about it before on the podcast, but Ghostbusters 2 
is a masterclass in storytelling. If you ever want to see, like, in the in the sense of like, if you ever want to see a, a, like a perfect template of how a story is structured, watch Ghostbusters Two. Mm. Granted, I know I know it was like like a lot of critics didn't like it, and there's a lot of people that, that thought some of the acting was a bit ropey or whatever. But if you watch it. If you watch the story and just you just look at it from a storytelling perspective, it, it the story begins in the opening scene straight away. The story is introduced, the stakes are introduced, the 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 threats introduced. Um, it's just it's just so good, just so good. I love Back it. off, man! I'm a scientist. Yeah, I love um, it. I love that shit. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, and Egon's Egon's fascination with slime. Yeah. Oh, I just, I just, just everything about that is just so, it's so good. And and Ghostbusters Afterlife as well is very good. The one they, good, the one, yeah, they, the good. one, the one they did with the with the with the girl with the girls was a bit crap. But the one with um the kids in the Afterlife one was brilliant. It's very There's good, yeah. um. Is it is it Robot Head? You guys ever watch Robot Head on YouTube? The guy robot does like, head. yeah. Type in Robot Head Ghostbusters Afterlife. He does a really great review on it. He talks about okay. how because he normally reviews Star Wars stuff, and uh, he's right. and he's like and he's like really disheartened by how crap um, Star they, Wars um, has become. Yeah, yeah, and how and how in the, in the sequels they really did it, the, like really like made Luke to be out out to be this like just a complete failure, even mm. though in like the mm. original films he was the hero. Right. So he really hated that, and he. Basically, he does in, in Afterlife where you see Egon as a ghost. No spoilers, by the way. We see Egon as a ghost, <laughs> and he's and, but he's but he's but he's served in such a really great way that really pays homage to his character. The fact that the actor has now died as well in real life, it's just oh, and it's just I it's just really that. really good how they how they tee that up. Cool. So okay. yeah, I would recommend I recommend the Ghostbusters films to anyone. I think they're fantastic. Excellent. I'm I'm yeah. I'm it's on my watch list for like this week. Oh, I yeah. want to do it this week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fucking brilliant. They're absolutely Excellent. brilliant. So yeah, so yeah, an RPG, Ghostbusters RPG. Nice. Let's make it happen. Yeah, let's try um, and make it happen. Back to the right. news. Yeah, one other one other quick one from um Free League as well. They it looks like they're doing another game uh, based on artwork by Simon Stalinhag. Um if you know Tales from the Loop which was oh, another yeah. game they did, um, as well as the... Uh, uh, is it a Netflix show, I think, Tales from the Loop as well? I don't know um, if it is or not. Hold on, let me look. They're doing a game called The Electric State, which is based on a art book by Simon Stalinhag, uh, and is soon to be a, a major motion picture, by all accounts, as well. Uh, okay. An alternate 1997 uh, post-AI a war. Mm. Um, oh, wow. Simon, there you go. if you've ever scrolled artwork in pinterest or similar sites uh, you will have almost undoubtedly come across some of simon stalin hard's work Probably. it's very melancholy it's usually a mundane modern scene um but with some fantastical thing within it like a huge robot draped over a, 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 an overpass like a highway overpass or oh, cool. um cool. you know some some monstrous machine burying its way into the ground or a dinosaur walking walking across the road um, these very moody, melancholic pieces, yeah. uh, and he's become very famous for it. And yeah, Tales from the Loop is based on his work, and it seems now Electric State will also be based on on his work, um, and just yeah. fil filled with his artwork. So yeah. Tales from the Loop, um, the the filmed version of it was on Amazon Prime Video. Was it Amazon Prime? Yeah. Um, and that was back in 2020. I think it only got one season, but tell you what, it got really good reviews. Um, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently it was really good. So I would check yeah. it out. Sounds cool. 
the the other thing I wanted to cover, and this will be the last news story I've got, is that uh, a big sort of announcement for a game that hasn't been made yet, but is going to be made, is Ooh. the MCDM role-playing oh, yeah. game. Yes! We actually talked that about Matthew one. Colville last week, okay. um, and mm. his company, MCDM, have announced the Kickstarter and subsequently massively funded the Kickstarter for, yeah. their, for their new role-playing game, which is their own fantasy role-playing game um and it sounds like it's going to be very tactical mm-hmm. uh cinematic I think they very said cinematic um cinematic, to put that yeah. in context they've said that when you are uh making an attack roll it's it's it seems it's going to be a d6 base system when you make an attack roll the roll that you make is the damage oh, so, cool. the, so there's no missing there's no wasted turns it's it's described as a kind of a chess game between the enemies I and the have players always wanted that because i think that was my one gripe from playing D the very first time because i'd come into it from a video game background and i didn't understand the concept of missing i was like and and now of course i know much better but i i, I see the disappointment in my players eyes every time they roll and they miss and they feel like they didn't do anything and have to wait 15 minutes for their turn to come back around in a long combat and i'm like oh i wish i could take that away from you i want i want you to hit even if it, even if it means different mechanics around it and you know how how health works and armor works um, I, I am very interested by MCDM's approach at it, and I'll, I'll probably pick it up and end up running a campaign at least once through it. And I did look it up, by the way, Damien. Um, it's on Backer Kit, and it currently, uh, out of its 800,000 USD, and it's $800,000 goal, it's at 2899950 <laughs> so practically $2.9 million already. Fucking hell, man. Out of 800K. That's they crushed their their um their stretch goals with it too. Yeah. One of the stretch goals was for them to, uh, and Matt Culver was very careful to say, work on, and hope it actually pays off. But work on their own VTT for their own game. Wow! So okay. they will have a dedicated VTT for it uh, if they can make it work. And it seems like they've already got somebody working on it even before it was funded. Um, wow. So the fact that it's massively funded means they can really really start work on this thing now and, and get it going and it seems like they're going to convert a lot of the books that they created for 5e um mm. so kingdoms and warfare and flea mortals and all these other books that they've released for 5e they're going to back convert them to their own to their own system and how and cool is that have them within their own <laughs> world so yeah yeah very exciting for fantasy rpgs uh, a new take on the genre we already know that uh presumably darrington press the critical role team uh, mm. Their publishing studio are working on a fantasy system as well. Really? Right. Um, yes. Which could be also massive given that they're, uh, I think, similar. Like, I think it was $750,000 they asked for for their animated one mm. special yeah, episode yeah, 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 and yeah. earned $11.5 million. And got, Fucking insane. Got all the TV shows out of it on Amazon Prime uh, with Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, so when they, when they launch that game, I imagine that will be pretty big too. Um, they've also just... Uh, release the hard hard copies uh, of Candela Obscura, which oh, yeah. is their kind of yeah. 20s horror mystery themed game. Um, mm. So that was released recently too. 
I actually was watching a review, an in-depth review about Candela Obscura from a TTRPG reviewer. I only saw the one, so I'm really kind of saying this in a vacuum. I haven't had the chance to compare it to other reviews, but apparently it's massively flawed. The The initial uh, print of it doesn't have any mechanics for player death. They just wow. left that out. And, and some people are sort of saying, well, they did that intentionally, but it, it seems very misleading. The organization of the book is apparently not great, considering that Darrington Press did so much good stuff for Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't want to sort of add to the zeitgeist if, if there's already a lot of bad press about it out there. But um, I'm, I'm really curious to see if anybody in our team has any hands-on experience or, or picked up a copy of the book and see what they find. So um, mm. let us know. In, in our discord if you if you checked it out or if you're playing a game right now with its release uh what do you think because that would be yeah, interesting i'd love to, to hear know. that too i've yeah. only ever seen a couple of episodes of the live play that critical role did so yeah I'd be interested the, the, the concept is cool you know it obviously oh, yeah. borrows a lot from you know a call of cthulhu vibe and um has elements of of uh other ttrpgs in there that are a little a little less well known um but it's um yeah yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. I'm sure that they, these are errors that can be fixed if there are any, you know, yeah, and then yeah. this will live on in in more infamy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, cool, cool, cool news, yeah, man. Right. Yeah, good news. Yeah, good news. So it's a great uh, time to be a geek. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really did, you, did you guys see in the um, uh, in the podcast chatter on the Discord? Um, we were talk- there were there were kind of there's a couple of people in there talking about. Um, the uh it was to do if based on what we were talking about last week about batman being a certain D character and how he would like you saying he'd be like an oaf paladin i think it was wasn't it what classes he would have yeah yeah no i haven't i haven't seen it so um since since we chatted about it so we uh let's let's let me just pull it up a second so yeah, so so shout out to Jez. Jez says that uh, definitely a podcast segment for this. Uh, in terms of getting characters from pop culture and turning them into D and D characters or D and D classes. So um, <clears throat> I did put in here. No one's actually answered this. So I put in Robocop, Sarah Connor, Ripley, Rambo, the Hulk. Who I think we did speak about last time, didn't we? We said he'd be a barbarian, um, yeah. and Iron Man. So. Artificer. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think do you think Sarah Connor and Ripley would be the same class? Or would they be different? Nope. I think Sarah Connor is ooh 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 ooh. I think Sarah Connor is a some version of like a battle master fighter. Mm. Um I'm I'm debating now. I I could really think about it and look at the subclasses a little bit more in detail. But I see Sarah Connor as a fighter, and actually I see Ripley as a rogue, a rogue with an edge, with a real grudge. Um, maybe or maybe um, you know, what's the rogue class that allows you to attack twice in a turn? There's there is one mm. I know. Um, but yeah, she she actually I get what you're saying because she would be a rogue because the company Wayland is the authority, and she's yeah. obviously against Wayland. Yep. Yeah, so she would She's be a rogue in that, that, yeah, in that, in that world. There. Yeah, she would be a rogue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then Sarah Connor with proficiency in every freaking weapon is definitely a fighter. Yeah, to yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> She's she yeah. self trains herself, and she's good at directing yeah. people. That's what makes me uh, think Battle Master Fighter. I sure. I love Terminator Two. What a great film! It's, I remember that. I remember that came out. I was about. I must have been about thirteen when it came out, and I just I just I managed to somehow get into the cinema to watch it. And mm. I was just like, 
oh my god this is yeah. like yeah, i've never exactly. i've never i've never seen a film like this before mm-hmm. you know what i mean <laughs> where you and like and like when arnie oh, spoiler if you've not seen Robin, if you've not seen for a, for a, movie. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah right um how when uh, when arnie dies at the end and you really care about his character the thumbs I, up into the into i the think lava. yeah i think they really missed a trick with terminator 3 with the relationship between john connor and the T1, the T, um, what is it? He was a T800. It was a T800. T800, yeah, yeah. His, like that, that relationship where John Connor sees him mm-hmm. in Terminator 3, it was, he's just like, watch your mission, watch your mission. Yeah. And it's like, he should just be like, there was a bond there. Oh, he was like a like, father like, figure that he like, never had. Holy you know? fuck, it's you. Yeah. It should, yeah. like, that should have, that, sh- there should have been something there for everyone that watched Terminator 2, but they, they didn't do it, which is a real shame. We, they missed the emotional talked, moment. You know? I suddenly realized we talked last week about taking uh, set pieces out of <clears throat> yeah. pop culture and slamming them in D&D. Mm. Uh, a lot of people, because it's because it's so well-known now, mm. um, it's hard to imagine the twist at the beginning of that movie where you don't know which of the two individuals is going to be the villain. Right. Oh yeah, sure. And the hallway yeah. scene where he pulls revealed the until, out of the rose box. Yeah, yeah, it isn't revealed until John is between both of them, and mm. uh, Arnie's character very famously says, "Get down," and he yeah, shoots, and so then good. you know, and then it all hell breaks loose. Oh, um, so good. That right. could be a fun kind of having oh. the players pinned between two, yeah. two opposing things, and, and not knowing which one is is the threat. They know one of them is meant to be, Absolutely. but they don't know which one it is, and they don't know where they can trust. Yeah, uh, trust their allegiance. That could be yeah. fun. I bet. I yeah. bet Arnie absolutely loved it when he read that script for the first time, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, I, I get to be the good guy." Yeah. As as the Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Such what a, a concept. James Cameron is a clever motherfucker. Yeah. Like that. That is just like like okay. Oh, did you? I'm sure I've said this on the on the podcast before, but um, <laughs> when uh, when um he did the pitch for Aliens, because obviously Ridley Scott directed the first one. He was called was it into James the James Cameron for, for number two. I think yeah, James Cameron number two. Yeah, James Cameron. Oh, yeah. James yeah, yeah. Cameron. Yeah. His pitch for it, right, is he literally walked into the executive room. All the executives were sat there. He said nothing. He just he sat down. He got a big black marker pen out, took the lid off, turned to the alien poster that was behind them, and just wrote an S. S after next it. to aliens, and then just put, put the lid on, put the lid back on, and threw the pen across the desk like a boss, <laughs> right? And all the executives, really all the executives, just yep, this really happened. This really happened. All the executives oh looked at each other and went, went, "Oh my god, what? There's more of them? Oh my god, that's genius!" <laughs> and, he, and he was right. What a movie! Yeah, that, what a movie! What a movie! Sounds, that sounds like one of those things that you just—it sounds like an urban legend that never really happened. But if no, it no, really no. happened, that is no, so that totally cool. Happened. That My totally happened. That's that a totally boss happened. moment. Yeah, yeah. They, it's all, they talk about it at film school. It's all about film school. My favorite James Cameron boss moment was mm. a fairly recent. Actually, it came out that when he was making the first Avatar, apparently the studio had, had had a meeting with him to say. Um, that the whole sort of flight, too, yeah. the whole flight sequence um, had to be taken out, sort of that right. pivotal Ooh. moment, because it was too long. Uh, right. And it, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's reported that James Cameron basically said to them, "No, we're not taking that out of the movie. This studio that we're sat in having this conversation was paid for by me. I made 
Titanic. <laughs> I get uh, to decide what gets cut out of my movie. Absolutely. <laughs> good, good, and good on him as well because, like, he because like like who are they to say to him like he's a fucking great. He's a woman. fabled hard ass. I mean, yeah. it, it, there brilliant. are a lot of negative stories about his his famous kind of hard edge in in making movies. There's a lot of people that sort of brushed up against yeah. it, but in the long run, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, you can't. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like with with uh, Stanley Kubrick as well. Like Stanley Kubrick mm-hmm. pushed, pushed his actors to the point of like insanity with like take seventy, yeah. and they just and all they're doing is walking through a set of doors. It was um, what's his chops? The guy who played the wolf in um, Pulp Fiction, Harvey Cartel. He was oh orig- yeah, that's he right, was originally going to play Stanley Pollock, uh, Stanley Pollock's character in um, uh, the film he did about the sex parties. Oh, I don't even know what that one is. Oh, what's it called? One with Tom Cruise and, and Nicole Kidman. Mm, <laughs> I, know, I really should. I, I do this so much that I'm just like, I just can't think of anything. <laughs> we we really need to get a, a third per, or a yeah, fourth person to yeah. just have constantly need, on the computer yeah. referencing. Yeah, right. Um, Tom good. Cruise and Nicole Kidman. What is this? Uh, Tom Cruise. Aren't there a couple of these? Eyes wide yeah. shut. Eyes wide shut. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. In eyes wide shut. That's it. So he got Harvey Cartel to walk through a set of doors seventy times. And Harvey Jesus. Cartel just went just on the seventy take. Harvey Cartel just looked at him and went, "I went right. I'm done. I'm done." Yeah, it's like this yeah. is this is ridiculous. And like, you get like, people, you get the opposite end of that spectrum. You've heard about Clint Eastwood and his directing method. He never does like more than one take. Oh and wow! Because it, it's all about for him. It's very he's very production minded, and obviously mm. his whole acting background. He he knows how much that stuff can cost and what it, the toll it takes on an sure. actor. So he like yeah. goes for one, maybe two takes. And you hear celebrities on interviews talking about this all the time about how he directs his films, and yeah. he's like, "All right, we're done. We're moving on." And we were like, really? Can, can I do it one more time? No, too much money. Move next scene. <laughs> yeah, right. It's that pressure, isn't it? It's the, yeah. the, pres- the pressure of that one. Knowing that you have to only have to do like one or two takes. You're just like, fuck. I hope I get it right. Hey, listen, right. man. As a theater actor, psh, no problem. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's oh, interesting. Gosh. We're talking about aliens and set pieces earlier. The um, mm. one thing that I really don't like about the cut of aliens that originally came out is they is them taking out the hallway scene with the guns yeah that scene is so good for it as a set piece that's that's something you could definitely put into dean yeah definitely especially in a a dungeon environment like absolutely Like that's yes. that's perfect. perfect all, they're, all they're doing is watching the ammo count go down. Yeah, down yeah. It's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. Down. Gun, gun one's out. Yeah. Gun, gun two's at thirty percent. I think you just good. hear the aliens like ah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. Oh god, man. Um, oh. Hey, we we're talking a lot about cinematic stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you guys a question, slightly in the same vein. Have how do we? And have you ever done this, A, and B, how do you feel about it if you haven't? Um, mm. Have you ever done a cinematic cutscene in your game that doesn't necessarily involve the players? So yes. to sort of frame the story almost yeah. like you're watching a movie cinematically, yep. right? Yeah, I've done it a couple I, of times. I typically haven't, or I, I hadn't done this up until a few months ago where... I wanted to end the session. They had had a really epic win. They had sort of, um, I think my players had uh, attacked a factory and and they were interrupting a drug uh, uh, sort of a operation in the city and everything went well. And then I w- they were like, yeah, we climbed to the top of the hill. We escaped. We're awesome. And then I was like, great. We're about time. But just as you end, you know, the camera pans out and suddenly 
you see a, a raven swoop in and nice. the camera follows the raven as it soars low over the city mm. of Baldur's Gate, soaring between the spires. And then like I had it dive down into a cave below a hill where they saw like, you know, a villain talking to a minion or something and developing the next stage of the plan. Not, not, you know, a lot of it, just a little teaser of it enough no, to let them know that there is something much worse on the horizon as a consequence mm. of what they just did basically oh brilliant that kind of thing have you I guys did, done that yeah i i yeah. did i i did this thing whereby um they it was in the, it was in like the second session of the first uh, maybe it was like i can't remember exactly what session it was but it was basically the beginning of a session whereby there was a cut scene that i acted out with this um this mage on top of this tower and there's like a there's like his his like assistant comes running in. And he's got like a newspaper clipping, and he's mm. like he's like he's like sir sir sir, look at this, look at this. And he's like reading it, and it's like the exploits of what the players had been doing. Nice. And the but but the exploits of what they've been doing actually tip like nods to a prophecy that's happening. He's like, oh, oh no, no, it can't be, it can't be. Quick, get my saddle, get my saddle at once. And she like goes off and gets his saddle, and he puts it on a griffin. And he like flies off this mage. Oh, He's like flying cool. on this griffin, and then, <laughs> and then and then as he flies off into the griff as the griffin, he sort of like disappears. And then it cuts to like like maybe like the end of that session or the end of the second session. They're yeah. they're fighting this dragon, and then all of a sudden they see in the distance this griffin coming yeah. towards them with this guy on top of it. Like <laughs> like oh my god, it's, it's him! Like, it's him. <laughs> and he's like he's like Tommy, are you are you the great word? And they're like yes. He's like. <laughs> I heard your exploits. Nice. <laughs> he's like, like, come to help him, like kind of did thing. You just, did you say great word? Great word, yeah. Do you know the is that a thing? In the, yeah, what is that? Sword. So basically, do you know you know Alvin's group um, with uh, dude? I no, that's why I'm asking you. Yeah. That's where it started with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's yeah, yeah. why. Oh, oh Damien, this, this is a legendary they, story. That's what, oh, that's, what they, that's what they call themselves. They call themselves the Great Swords. The Great Swords. Because, yeah. oh, God. Okay, so Alvin <laughs> Alvin is a longtime Roll Dark fan and player. And uh, Rob, I think you had started them off with a Descent into Avernus campaign, and then mm. they passed off to me for a Tomb of Annihilation campaign. They were at the first Roll Dark Fest. You know, he's got a whole bunch of, of friends. Uh, but they're mm. they're a little bit more of the beer and pretzels players. Love you guys if you're listening in. No, yeah, not natural, a bad thing. Natural not ones, a bad thing. they do a shot. Yeah, natural twenties, yeah. they do a shot. Maybe a yeah. two, they'll do a shot. <laughs> this is so, like, this is just, so fun. They just tanked at the end of the, at the end of each session. They're just absolutely hammered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh my fun. god, there was there was um, a moment where one of the players, I forget exactly who, opened up their their character sheet. It was Kevin. Kevin was it Kevin? <laughs> This was, yeah, this, this was a moment cemented he was like oh uh, yeah um i guess i'll attack with my greatsword and we were like <laughs> everyone stopped for a second and said what did you say yeah. it's like oh i was just i don't know i, I have this thing called a greatsword in my in my sheet i guess we'll use that <laughs> we're like do you mean greatsword <laughs> bless him Bless oh him. God! I can't believe yeah. they still remember that moment, and they've like made yeah, that's it a the, thing. That's, uh, that's, the, that's the name of their party. They're called the Great Sword. The Great that's, Sword. That's the sort of thing you yeah. never live down. No, nope. that's never going anywhere. I've had, I've had, I've had, I've had, I've had, I've had bards write songs about them, and 
ChatGPT is like written like a song about the great oh, swords with their escapades and stuff. And I've, had it, I've, had it, I've, had it, I've had like they go into like a tavern and this bard's like singing about them and they're like, oh, that's us. That's the podcast episode down. name right there. But yeah, you need to put the space between it's not great sword, it's great space word. Great word. Great word. Great word. This mage is like, I've heard of these exploits. Good God, I was driven off immediately to Icewind Dale. So I do I I do the cinematic thing a lot. I have mm. a very cinematic brain, um, and so mm. I will often right. use the word camera to describe a way in which oh, cool. things are to be yeah. perceived. Um, I do that a lot. A couple Sweet. of examples of a cinematic I I can think of. Uh, one, I, I I'm a big fan of the callback. So uh, home game, Tomb of Annihilation. You're sick of hearing it um <laughs> never never we, tell um, me more always really early on this is only very very minor spoilers like this you should be pitching the game with this let's put it that way it's uh you you can actually take part in dinosaur races really early yeah 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 um <laughs> and they they ended up uh riding on a, a styracosaurus uh hashtag favorite dinosaur um called and they called it tukey and uh, they ended up, they basically to chose Tukey, the dinosaur, from the crowd. It wasn't a dinosaur that was a racing dinosaur. They oh, just right. basically paid a young sort of farmhand to take their dinosaur into the race. Aww. Ended up winning it and then kind of just riding off into the sunset to finish that module. Um, and, and sort of taking on the name, the legend of Tukey, which was kind of our group name for a long time. And um, right at the end of the campaign... Uh, when they had defeated the villain, which is as much as I will say, uh, defeated the villain, um, all of the sort of waves of enemies that were over the island um, were were being kind of wiped out by this kind of wave of energy, literally being destroyed. Um, and I described this this wave of energy rolling across the landscape and literally turning these these uh, entities to ash in just this shock wave of of positive energy at the destruction of the villain. Um, and then described a set of kind of large round feet running through uh, the, the forested undergrowth with two small bare feet running alongside and behind them the feet of many, many roving undead, which were suddenly and uh, brightly destroyed in a flash of light, <laughs> pan up to a small boy resting against a large styracosaurus, yes. which, it, which itself oh, flops wow. down into the ground, and and the young boy uh, basically says, "That was close, Tuki. Come on, let's get back." Oh, it's like, heartwarming. The, yeah, and the, the the kind of wave of emotion that they had on their their faces when they realized that they just. Uh, entirely the other side of the island saved the life of this one character. They later found out that because they won the race, that kid was minted now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. went from being that a poor farmhand to a very rich, uh, <laughs> rich kind of famous dinosaur race breeder. Um, oh, wow. Amazing! Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. So I love I think a callback. Like they probably didn't even care that, you know, the, the final boss had been de defeated and the massive worldwide curse had been lifted. It was that one dinosaur and the one racer boy that are now the real goal, the real satisfaction of them winning. That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Yeah.
I think I think D and D especially, and and lots of TTRPGs, I'm sure, but D and D especially lends itself to that sort of cinematic, um, and it helps frame a story really well. Like if you are, I thought about this, and I think the next time I start a new campaign, I want to kind of start with that and see how that how that's taken. Kind of like a a cutscene that they get to either obviously listen to rather than watch, but about what the villain is doing or some consequence of the villain's actions in a very typical movie setup way yeah. where there's like the slow reveal and then it cuts to them you know partying at a tavern and being ridiculous at level one or whatever it is right it's cool it's cool the I, frame, I, I, the yeah stakes, you know i i always act it out mm. I've, I've done it a couple of times where i where with like a completely like a complete group of beginners and they're just like looking at me like what the fuck is this guy <laughs> and i'm just like and then the dragon's like Rah! and this one's like ah call an ambulance <laughs> it's like these guys in white coats turn up they're like this mad guy like throwing himself around some some dude's living room he's never been in before <laughs> listen uh it's it's part of the nature of what we do right like we, oh, we have it. to go over the top and i'll always remember this interview that i watched ages ago about the development of the joker character for uh, mark hamill's performance when oh, he yeah. started with batman the animated series he talked about driving to his audition that day and how he was mm. in the car practicing different laughs for the joker and how he didn't want the joker to have just one laugh he wanted him to have many and so mm. in this interview you hear him go through the cycle and he's like oh you know i was just waiting in traffic as you do in la and i was going oh, bats. Oh, no but that's not really right uh, what about <laughs> and he and he's like oh people were probably looking at me but then again nobody probably looks in la twice it's some guy <laughs> just yeah, laughing yeah, in their yeah, car yeah, just don't give a shit <laughs> yeah standard standard sort of free way kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. the car, the car used to be my voice voice practicing i used to a previous mm. job i used to drive a lot and mm. the car was my voice practicing mm. yeah, space that was that was exactly yeah, where i would best, do it best place to yeah. do it man yeah I, yeah I always hum i always hum to, on my way to gigs and stuff if i'm having to drive yeah. i always like just like mm, just warming up my it's vocals great. It's a good vocal warm-up yeah, i do that when i wake up before the podcast now i'm just like the f second mm. i get up and i brush my teeth and i get up and I'm like, <laughs> mm. yeah it's a good idea <laughs> But I learned something today, Styracosaurus. I did not know that that was the name of it. Very cool. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, guys, we've got um, some. Uh, I think we need to do a bit, a few shout-outs actually. Uh, Ooh, JC, you've got you've got No Malone this Sunday, haven't you? I do. Yes. Yeah, um, please come check it out. It's uh, Home Alone based. I just rewatched the first film. I'm going to rewatch the second tonight. Um, it is. Uh, we've done it before. It's always a blast. You play the as the water deep bandits trying to get into Kevin McCrallister's well defended home. Your objective being Santa's famous bag of holding of toys somewhere in the mansion and you have to put up with all of the different sort of traps and devious yeah. little um magical trickery that this gnome keevan mccrallister has set up for any wanton bandits such as yourselves so um it's a one shot it's uh it's good fun it's in good spirits if you dress up or you make good home alone references you get inspiration points and all that jazz so amazing yep, check it out it's, a, it's this sunday uh six till ten is that right yes six to ten p.m um Sweet. uk time sunday a perfect sunday night game yeah yeah nice the spirit of the holidays yeah wicked yeah, yeah definitely so we've also got some others as well uh we've got sandy's little helpers which is on the exact same date and time there you go um that's i won't, I won't feel my... bad don't worry 
no, only no, a little. No, 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 exactly. That's that's been run by Ruben Austin, nice. uh, one of our DMs. It's a family, a family friendly adventure. So it's, it's I think I believe it's set on sort of based around the borrowers type of thing. So that could mm. be cool. And we've also got Dice Hard, which has been run by Face. Yeah, um, I think he's done this a few times now. But yeah, it's a really good, really fun. Really, a really good fun one. And then what else do we have? Uh, we've also got The Ritual of Vintimus, which is being ran by Jordan. Um, I know he's got a few of his a few of his regular players have already booked onto this, so I'm not too sure on how many spots are left. But um, I know they're going to be level five, and they're on the 15th of December, so that's actually going to be on Friday, I think, isn't it? 15th? Is that Friday? Sounds about right. Let's see. Uh, yeah. yeah, Friday, Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. In, in like at four days. 7 p.m. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And nice. also as well, in the new year, we've got some new games starting. So you may already know we've got Steampunk Strad. That one is coming out on the 2nd of January, 7 nice. p.m. to 11 p.m. And there's still some spots available for that. Ooh, that, that opened up. Cool. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I mean, they, listen they, to our previous podcast yeah. if you want to hear the, the pitch about this game. It's really good. Sounds yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. It should be, should be really, really fun. Um, that one, yeah, that one had sold out, but actually we've got some more spaces available because it was bought by, um, I think the slots were bought by a, a father and he had some kids that were going to be in it. Um, but it would be sort of seemed it might be a bit inappropriate for young children. So we've, so we've mm. uh, opened the slots back up. And then we've also got Eldrin Relics of Ruin. And that one starts on the 24th of January, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. on a Wednesday. Um, six players starting at level one, beginner friendly, and it'll be on Discord and Roll20. And that one's being run by Samuel Anderton, who is one of our newest DMs. So, yeah. I believe that's all we have at the moment in terms yeah, of can I, uh, <clears throat> just make a quick shout out. We've, um, I sure. do, uh, Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden on a Tuesday Ooh. night, and we have two spaces open in that game. Ah. Um, it's getting, it's getting to the later stages. It's not a fresh start. Um, mm. we're, what level we're, are they? Uh, seven right now. Okay, cool. Ooh. So, um, Oh, Oh, that's an interesting level to join. Yeah, in. I, know, yeah. I know the adventure. I know whereabouts they are. But I sometimes it's quite cool to join in quite late into an adventure because, especially if you've got like plans of where you're going to take it next and stuff, mm. it's quite a nice way to sort of interject. So you get the tail end of what they've all been up to, and that can effectively be your backstory, I suppose, yeah. when you go mm. into the next into the next adventure. Yeah, um, we're cool. Tuesday nights, seven thirty till eleven thirty. Uh, roll twenty uh, and mm. Zoom for video. Uh, so feel free to come along uh, and i also mm. just wanted to say i've mentioned a couple of games uh today um outbreak undead fallout if any of those are exciting to you let us know in the the game mm. request uh, yeah. Channel, yeah definitely because yeah. um i'd love to give those give those a a, a spin on yeah likewise i have I, I was gifted by a roll dark player actually the whole set of the new avatar role playing game as in not james cameron's avatar not to confuse it with her previous topic but <laughs> avatar the last airbender the role playing game oh, which is wicked. one of my favorite if not my favorite uh, series of all time um yeah. and i haven't had a chance to to run it or play with anyone so if anyone is interested in that hit me up in the comments tag me um on discord and mm. i would be very cool with starting up a group for that because um how awesome would that be yeah that'd be great <laughs> who doesn't want to be a bender in the world of the avatar the last i was so disappointed with the film uh oh. what film 
God, yeah, exactly. It was never a film. Yeah. You don't talk oh, about it. <clears throat> Ash kneels down. <laughs> it is going to be a show. Oh, yes. oh, yes. So he does. Because we can yeah. see him doing it. You don't need to tell us. It's <laughs> just <laughs> like bloody hell. Uh, but yeah, Dreaming, you're right. There is going to be a new series, a uh, new yeah, live action. Cool. We'll, we'll see. I'm saying Live action? Okay, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trailer looked pretty good. Yeah. I'm yeah, into the books, I, the extended universe of that stuff. Mm. It's it's just such a great story. Um, would you, yeah. Dam- Damien? Would you do an alien RPG? A hundred percent, I would. Yeah. yeah? Um, if if yeah, you cool. want to uh, experience the world of Ridley Scott and James Cameron's, being the primary uh, mm. inspirations. I mean, of course, there's a few other directors that have touched that franchise. But if you uh, <laughs> if you are interested in that that side of of the franchise. Um, mm. Then I would 100% run a game uh, based on that. If you like a bit of stressful sci-fi horror based in the world yeah, of Alien great. and Aliens, um, yeah. let me know and I, I'll be right on it. We it's have basically we my have... life with the sci-fi trapping on yeah, it, yeah, just right. stress and hiding <laughs> from people. <laughs> we we have been doing this thing at Roll Dark whereby we introduce a free a free one shot in a new system, and if you are keen to make it into a campaign. What will actually happen is the DMs, because they're running the one shot for free, when mm. it goes into a campaign, the DMs take a pretty decent slice of the revenue that's generated cool. from the game. So you'll get cool. about 70% cut, nice. which is pretty cool. So if you guys are interested in doing it, I would suggest doing a one shot first. Make sure you've got some players that are like, you know, up for doing a campaign and, the, and mm. they've got the time, the time to do it. And then, yeah. Get it into like either a monthly or or bi-weekly or weekly or whatever yeah. fits your schedule and I've been enjoy the I've, extra cash. I've been in a recent kick of just looking up Vampire the Masquerade stuff. I have yes. I've never played. That's Mike, I... Mike's, Mike's doing that right now. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's doing he's doing month, a monthly man, Vampire I'm the Masquerade. Up and see if I can sit in on this. He did. He did. He did. What, what the vibe did. is, you know, yeah, I just yeah, kind of yeah, want yeah, to like yeah. sit in and like yeah, figure I, out if this is the kind of is it Lost Boys or is it or is it Anne Rice or yeah, is it yeah. or is it or is it sparkly vampires as well? Mm, no, I've run sure. vampire a few times, um, and I think the big draw of that game is the world, like yeah. the, the, the the idea the, of all the, the different the clans lore. and yeah, extremely deep lore. Yeah. Um, my my wish list for the because it is World of Darkness within mm-hmm. that vampire werewolf mm-hmm. kind of uh, grouping. White wolf publishing, right? Uh, yeah, is yeah. Geist Geist mm. the Sin Eaters? Um, okay. That's the one I really want to run, which is takes the idea of uh, somebody who has um, been close to death and makes a bargain with a creature called a geist to continue on living um, nice. and it's a very kind of uh, ghostly um, slightly more adult version of sort of Coco if you've ever seen Coco yeah probably. yeah I love Coco uh, um, yeah. several times over <laughs> yeah or um, Mama if you like horror movies yeah very oh, cool um, well, hey, Damien, if you ever run a, a Vampire in the Masquerade one shot or something like that, let me know. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, I yeah. want, I'm, I'm hungry. Like I'm, di- I'm trying to diversify mm. my my TTRPG experiences, but mm. I'm also, you know, like I have no time. So <laughs> I think I think I, I if I was to, if I was to run it, I would want it to be so that the vampires are incredibly rare in the world. Like mm-hmm. like they're like they're like literally like you know you you count like you don't find any other clans. Yeah. There are no clans. It's like it's like basically like like interview of a vampire. You know, you've got Louis and you've got the stat, and the stat's yeah. like I have no idea about if other vampires. Others, right. If there's others, I just I just find I find that really really interesting mm. because it's because it's like because it's like how so what are we? And Louis's like and, and 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 the stats like I don't have the answers, Louis. Like like leave me alone. I don't know. Right. And it's like and it's right. like you know like I just don't know what we what we what we feed and that's it. And they both and like how how the stat can read minds, but Louis can't. Right, and that right. kind of stuff. Like it's just, it's just such it's, a really clever, yeah. 
it could easily be played that way. The, the, the whole kind of idea is the, of the masquerade being that the mm. vampires are actively trying to keep their existence a secret. secret yeah, yeah, and yeah. Is, can be very much played that way. And right. uh, the modern, I think a lot of the modern interpretation now introduces uh, the new Inquisition. Mm. So there is a scope to have much That's less vampires in the world. Like two days um, ago, yeah, it looked really yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Is, um, any... I, I came up with this. It, it wasn't a system. It was just an idea for a story not that long ago, and, and I've been on that vampire kick ever since, where it's the exact opposite, Rob. I mm. love, don't get me wrong, I think traditional me and me loves the idea of the of the vampires being extremely rare and you know mm. doing their best to figure out who they are in the world but i came up with a system where it was or not a system again a story where it was the reverse it was post-apocalyptic and uh, humans had basically annihilated themselves into the brink of extinction and then the vampires that had been resting for centuries now seize their opportunity to become the new masters of the world and so they oh, nice. keep and breed humans in their city but there's also a resistance that's called the underground and then there's okay, a separate cool. society called uh, it's not Zion, but it's basically like the last city of, of, of free humans, but they have their own government where they pretend vampires don't exist and they're under constant oh, false sunlight. Cool. I don't know. It was just a kind of throwing ideas on it's paper. That's a cool idea, man. It's, it's a cool great. idea. And then guess what? I, cool. I was like kind of delving down the rabbit hole on this. And mm -hmm. it turns out that this idea was basically the parting line for Vampire Hunter D the the uh, anime and it's exactly that kind of world and humans had bombed themselves in a nuclear into a nuclear extinction and i was like oh jesus uh, i could have if i had had this idea you know 30 years ago as a as a toddler i had <laughs> I a very similar experience i had a yeah. very similar experience with a, with the alien rpg i wanted to do a post alien 3 story oh, yeah. um, which would in which would include um sort of flavors of alien 3 like uh, Furina 161 is being basically uh, scrapped. Everything's being sort of sold off and parts and things like that. All these different companies coming in for a piece of the pie now that Wayland Utani yeah. have like opened it up to, for public consumption now that they've finished with it. Uh, and that yeah. Siegson from Alien Isolation, the video mm. game, would come in. And this whole kind of story mm. progression of, of what would happen after Furina 161 in Alien 3. And then a friend of mine was like, oh, cool. I, I've seen this module that somebody's uh, published online that you might like and sent it to me and said, <laughs> read this and see what you think. And when I tell you, was it, exactly it was mind heist word for word. No. Every, every beat of the story was word for word what I'd thought of. I was like, man. <laughs> you know what? There's some deep wow. conspiracy level stuff that we can get into there because I, yeah. I, I told my... Uh, I had a dream once. I went to the Met, the museum um, here in, in Manhattan, and uh, I touched a painting, a huge mm. painting. I think it was of Napoleon. Um, I touched the edge of the frame, and I got yelled at by a security guard as a toddler. So I had a dream that night that the figure in the painting, I think Napoleon, jumped out of it and came alive. And then as I was running away from him, all the exhibits in the museum came alive. Cut to 15 years later, and that's the plot of Night at the Museum, right? <laughs> but I'm really? like, no, no, I had it first. And I told it Fuck to no. someone in art class. Like, that's what I feel like is someone someone's out there like picking up our ideas yeah. and our ips and marketing them well and it's making the it isn't it yeah. so, i'm so careful yeah. with who i tell my ideas to now so jc that adventure idea we shared at roll dark fest please just keep mm. it to yourself okay i've already <laughs> mentioned it uh, actually i'm halfway through a deal with uh, darrington press no i'm kidding <laughs> going uh just just going back to vampires quickly have you guys mm. ever read blind sight by peter watts no oh god a friend keeps recommending that to me i have Ooh, what a book 
Yeah. What a book. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spo- spoilers, spoilers. Um, if you if you do want to read it, it's not actually no, no, there's not gonna be that many spoilers. In fact, this okay. is gonna be pretty, pretty. Basically, it's a it's high it's high science fiction. So it mm. is like really extreme science fiction. So it's very complicated, and it's about um, basically the Earth starts getting attacked by this by this like unknown sort of alien force. So um, they send us they send a spaceship out into deep space to try and figure out what's going on, but um, in this world vampires existed but they were our predators mm. and and they they were they were destroyed when we when civilization started because we started building right angles and because of how their minds of their minds are made their minds are made in a way that they can't they have they can't think laterally so that if they see right angles it it like it gives them a it seizure. messes with them it gives them a seizure we, we yeah i've like seen them. this before it's that really like clever really, similar concept. really really clever yeah. idea and like that's and that's why they can't look at crosses and also like oh. to do with like it's it's re- it's really really good the guy peter watts i believe he's like a he's like a um uh, what is he? Oh, God, it keeps happening. <laughs> uh, he, novelist. Uh, he's a novelist, but he's also his, his background is in sea science. Yeah. Oh, oh, I looked it up. PhD from the University of British Columbia from the Department of Zoology and Resource Ecology. He worked as go. a marine mammal biologist. He's a marine biologist. That's it. He's a marine that's biologist. That's that's that's, that's cool. the word. <laughs> it's good, yeah. It? yeah. So he's so it's, it's like it's like really deep science fiction, but it's but it's great. If you, if you really if cool. you've got a good attention span, have a read of it. It's amazing. Yeah, you'll really that, enjoy that it. That right angle thing sounds really familiar. I feel like I've mm. heard, or at least maybe maybe it was this book in the friend who's been recommending it. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've seen that somewhere else too. Mm. I like, like the Euclidean idea. geometry yeah. is is just anathema to a certain kind of people or a species or something. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the idea that they used to be our predator. And that's mm-hmm. like, and that's, and like, for, if, if a vampire ever looks at you, it's why you're just locked in their gaze. They just have this instant charisma over you mm-hmm. because they are your predator and you're their prey and they're coming for you. Yeah. And, you're and just you kind like, of get that paralytic <gasps> sort of fear that yeah, most just prey fear, in just the like world the, do. the fear, yeah. the fear that you would always get. It's like the, um, you know, the, the sound down a scrap, down a, down a chalkboard, if you make it yeah. with your nails, yeah. that, that apparent Jaws. sound, that apparent sound is the sound that this, giant bird used to make when it used to squawk and that bird used to used to hunt us Ooh, and we terrifying. and we would hear it i find i find the giant bird that used to hunt us you can show, show you a picture of it but it's um yeah is that's that basically the, the noise um, is that the big one that is like the size of a giraffe with a huge yeah. beak uh, I know yeah which one yeah horrible is, uh, horrible thing quetzalcoatlus i think is the name of it uh no that was a um that was a dinosaur. Well, I, uh, it was a yeah. pterodactyl-like one. Oh, that's true. Just... It wouldn't have been around for the, the humans. Yeah, uh, yeah. there um, were a few of them. Can't um, find it, but yeah, but basically, it's, it's, it was it was it wasn't pre it was prehistoric. Right. It preyed on humans and it lived in New Zealand, I think, something How like cool that. that. But it was a big it was a big horrible thing. It didn't have wings. It wow. just like it like it was like it was kind of like a dinosaur, but not like a right. dinosaur. Right, like a yeah, bird. Yeah, but it's a horrible. It's like a giant ostrich type creature, but yeah, it used to yeah. like rip our like bird. the terror bird. There you go. It used to rip, oh, used to rip the back of our that. necks and like yeah, like chase us through like like the like high grass or something. I have heard of this before. Yeah, yeah. but that's okay, but that's okay. that's that that screech that it makes with its when it's when it's cry was the noise of the screech down a chalkboard. That's and terrifying. Apparently, that's why it still resonates with us today. You realize that the design of that animal looks a lot like uh, the axe beak from yeah. D&D. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
I'd um, love to do a prehistoric D and D, a very yeah. caveman-esque mm. kind of. Yeah, that'd be yeah, fun. Like Far Cry Primal style D and D. Yeah, yeah. that'd be very yeah. cool. Yeah, Magic being cool. this incredibly kind of wild and untamed thing, and yeah. all these nature-based, right? Prehistoric beasts, and yeah, very yeah. tribal bones, and obviously no metal, right. just mm. bones and stone. Or weapons, weapons break after like the third hit, or on certain yeah, kinds of hits, yeah. or based on how much damage they do. There's a whole thing. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. We, we could go on forever, but we got to yeah, wrap. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do have to wrap. It's an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good talk. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, and yeah, we we will be back. Um, you guys free next week to do recording next week? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, on the nineteenth. Nineteenth. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice one. All right, guys. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. It will. You'll hear us next week, I suppose. Indeed. See you then. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.